Hello, this is Christy Amira Harfouche, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. We have a message for you today from Reverend John Harfouche. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com and join us every week for the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. In the second epistle of Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, Hold fast to the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. Hallelujah. How many, I was I was honored alongside Pastor Christie to minister alongside Dr. Harfouche as he as he imparted to all of those who were present as he placed a deposit that thing into each and every one of you. Hallelujah. How many of you know that what you received is not something that ends? You know, we, we may have translated that word, that word as thing in the English when we were translating the words of the Apostle Paul. But what he wrote, what he wrote was the word paraketetheke. And it means a trust. It is a trust or a deposit. Hallelujah. It is an endowment. How many of you know what happens to a trust when it's properly managed? How many of you know what happens to an endowment when it's properly managed? It's not something that stays the same. It is something that grows, that multiplies, that continues, that reaps a greater and greater harvest. And that is consistent with all of the statements that Paul made to his sons. Stir up the gift that is in thee. Stir up the gift that is in thee. It's not something that stops. It's something that continues. Hallelujah. And as we, as we learned on Friday and as many of you have experienced in your lives as disciples in this ministry, that impartation is not something that is broken off and separated. It is a point of connection. It is that lineage of connection. That source of life, that vine that makes us all one people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, Paul talks about his ministry, the word that he has given, what he has deposited in Timothy by the Holy Ghost. And there's a great many people today that try to do away with the ministry of Paul. Whether they realize it or not, they try to skip over the ministry of Paul 
the ministry of John, the ministry of Peter, the ministry of all of the apostles, and go straight to Jesus. But in doing so, they abolish the church, they abolish the scriptures, and they abolish everything that Christ founded when he was here on the planet. Because you can't claim to have the words of Jesus when the words without the apostles, when the words of Jesus that you have were written and given to you by the apostles. You can't claim to have that deposit that the Lord left in the earth if you didn't receive it from those that he left it with. And so let's understand that the ministry gifts that the Lord placed in the church are not a barrier between us and God. They are a connection. Hallelujah. They are, they are a facilitation of that connection with God. They are a strength. Hallelujah. How many of you know that what you have received this week is something that will gain interest and grow multiplicatively as you stir it up? Hallelujah. Now you may be seated this morning. This, this is, this is the methodology by which the Lord ordained the church to spread. And it is the reason That all of the places where the apostles went, they left a lasting deposit. If they had just come and taught about the Lord in those places, then generations later would have just heard stories about that one time a man of God came with the word of God. But instead, they left men and women of God with a deposit, with that same life and that same power. Disciples who made disciples, generations that made generations. And so that work remained and that work, that deposit didn't taper off. Because that's not what a trust does. That's not what an endowment does. No, that trust grew. That trust strengthened in those places. And we see, and we see throughout the, all of the New Testament history, all of that first century, the gospel spreading at a rate that we would like to see the gospel spreading today. How many of you recognize that what the apostles did and what those that came after them did reaped a harvest that is the kind of harvest that we need to see today? But that harvest did not come only by the Lord and only by the apostles, but also those that were disciples of the apostles. Without the epistle written to Timothy, Timothy who was commissioned by Paul to appoint bishops, to appoint presbyters, to appoint deacons, to ordain them, to impart into them, and to stir up the gift that was in him from Paul, without the letters to him, we wouldn't have these instructions. And if you receive that letter, like Timothy received that letter, 
then you can reap a harvest off that letter. But if you don't believe in discipleship, if you don't believe in apostles and disciples, then you can't receive anything from that letter. Because that letter is to a son. Not a stranger. And if you are not a son or a daughter, and you do not believe in being a son or a daughter, what is it that you can receive from a letter about impartation? What is it that you can receive from a letter about discipleship? But thank the Lord that it's apparent that in this time that we are living in now, the Lord is making this revelation of the unity of the church and the necessity of the unity of the church. This revelation of discipleship more real to the people of God than we have seen in any recent time. This is something that the Lord is doing in the church and it will reap the kind of harvest that they saw then. How many of you know the end of a thing is greater than the beginning of the thing when God is behind it. Gamaliel recognized it. He said, let's leave these people alone. Because if it's not of God, that trust will slowly run out. It will go away on its own. It will diminish and fail like every work of man does. But if it is of God, if it is of God, it will stay, it will grow, it will strengthen, it will reap. Hallelujah. He recognized it and he wasn't even one of the brethren. So how many of the brethren need to recognize that today? And not see the church as something that has gotten weaker over time. Not see the church as something that was delivered whole and perfect then and is decrepit and weakened now. Not trusting God to rescue us from this world that we have no power to save anymore. No. Understanding that when God builds something, it does not fail. It does not fall. Hallelujah. And there may have been men and women and times, Christians and brethren throughout history, that walked in a more perfect or a less perfect way. But no ignorance of an individual could separate you from what God supplied for you as a believer. Just because they didn't walk in their inheritance, it did not weaken that inheritance. Just because they did not draw on that account, it did not lower what was in that account for you and me today. Hallelujah. And just because they might, might have fought and disputed over things that they shouldn't have, it didn't mean that that inheritance or that trust was broken up. Hallelujah. It is the faith, the faith that we received once and once and for all. Hallelujah. And so that thing is not over today. 
that thing is not over today. This is, this, <laughs> just like it has never been over. It is the next step in you stepping into that inheritance. You stepping into who you are. Hallelujah. And so if we are disciples today, and if we recognize what the Lord established in the church, and we understand that, thank God, that he called men and women to walk like he walked. Thank God that he called men and women to walk like he walked. And he established them, empowered them, and made examples of them. How many of you know Jesus could have written books himself? And maybe, maybe, depending on what he said, if he did, you could just say it's me and Jesus. But he knew better than that. Because he knew that the, what he was building is you. What he's building is not him. He doesn't need to increase. He's already the name that's above every other name. No, what he is building is you. What he is building is us. What he is building is his body, the church. Hallelujah. And so he discipled and he taught those disciples to disciple. And without those disciples and those disciples, disciples, and those disciples, 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 we would not even have the faith that we now have. But we have the faith. We have received it whole and undefiled, strong and stronger and stronger and stronger. Hallelujah. That is our inheritance. That is our inheritance. So listen, rightly esteem, rightly understand what the Lord has done in your life this week and what the Lord will continue to do in your life as disciples, whether that is as a global church member, whether that is as an International Miracle Institute student, whether that is as a first century disciple. And if I were you, and I knew how good God is, and how much more he has planned for me, I would move up that scale as soon as possible. I would get on International Miracle Institute if you're not already on International Miracle Institute. If you recognize that what the Lord has been doing this week is supernatural and is changing your life, get more of that. Hallelujah. And if you can, if you can go from just being a student to being a doctor, do it. If you can go from being a doctor to being a first century disciple, do it. You draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh unto you. But it's important to understand that what you are receiving is something supernatural. It is a deposit that must be stirred up. And it is a deposit that if it is stirred up, will continue and continue and continue to multiply and to build up and to reap a harvest 
in our lives. Hallelujah. We, Paul, Barnabas, Silvanus, Timothy, Titus, uh, everybody. Peter, James, John, Thomas, all of them. There was only so many of them. There was only so many of them, but they were not reaching the planet alone. They were not reaching the planet alone. The deposits that they left, they did not bring people into the body of Christ, baptize them, bring them the new birth, and then leave them as orphans. They didn't leave them and go, listen, in a couple decades, we're going to send you a book in the mail. see the relationship between fathers and sons and mothers and daughters that exists in the early church. That is a relationship where you raise people up, where you edify and strengthen people, and you also reprove people and rebuke people as you, as you do when it comes to children. Hallelujah. How many of you know some children? who perhaps their parents don't have as full of revelation (laughs) as they should. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But how many of you, how many of you look at the early church and think those are the results that I want? Not just the miracles, not just the revelation of walking like Christ, but also the fruit. Also changing the world in a time when it was illegal to be a Christian and there were so many Christians and the Christians were multiplying so quickly that they couldn't do nothing about it. I, I actually, I, let's look, let's, let me give you a visual, a little visual aid here. This is from uh, several weeks ago when I was speaking about this. I put together a map Because I couldn't find a map that included uh, all the ones that we see. This is a partial list. This doesn't even include all of them. Of churches that were established in the first 20 or 30 years after after Jesus' ascension. How many of you know this church has been here for between 20 and 30 years? In this city. Now imagine going from the upper room to all over the known world in that span of time. And these were not, these were not small churches. These were churches located in the largest metropolises of the ancient world. Right there in all of the largest cities that existed while the persecution was happening. These were not groups of Christians cowering a few dozen in some distant place. 
These were Christians, thousands upon thousands strong, gathering in the seats of power of the ungodly nations that wanted to destroy them. Let's look at this. We have, this is 20 or 30 years, 20 or 30 years. This doesn't even show, this doesn't even show Ethiopia and India and some of those other churches that we know were there. This is just a small sampling. Spain, Rome, Puteoli, Malta, Thessalonica, right? Berea, Philippi, Troas, Pergamos, Smyrna, Theatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Hierapolis, Laodicea, Colossae, Athens, Corinth, Cancrete, Crete, Paphos, Salamis, Sidon, Tyre, Caesarea, Joppa, Jerusalem, Alexandria, Serene, Damascus, Antioch, Tarsus, Armenia, Persia. Then there were seven or eight churches in different cities in India. There were churches that made it all the way as far as the British Isles in the first century. You can look at a map of an ancient empire and they don't cover that much land. The greatest empires that existed that conquered by the sword could not touch the speed at which the church conquered the world. And unlike every empire, every earthly government that existed at that time, every organization other than the church no longer exists. There is no country, there is no empire that has lasted, that has survived. The church conquered the world with the word of God and with signs and wonders. We're not going anywhere but up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you, do you have that slide that shows what Antioch looked like at that time? This is Church of Antioch. Here's Antioch. Does that look like a few farmers or does that look like a metropolis? Do you, do you understand? You can take that down. Do do you understand what it is, what it is that the Lord accomplished then? Do you think that his power to accomplish that level of results has been lessened by time? Do you think that our promise and the ability that we have and the ability to work together as the church around the world has been destroyed by time? Do you think that there is any earthly thing or earthly rift or prejudice or issues that can stop the church from uniting together and reaping that kind of harvest today. How many of you would like to see that level of unity and power made manifest in the entire world by the church in the next few decades. He's done it before. And we know the, that we know that it will happen again. We know that that's our destiny. Why? Because those are the prophecies that we received from 
our apostles from the beginning. He is waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. You ready to conquer? Listen, the feet are on the body. And you are the body. If his enemies are his footstool, who is standing on top of the enemy? And we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers. Evil in high places. No, we're not here to conquer people. We're here to break the work of the devil out of their life and liberate them. Save them. Set the captive free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what we're called to do. And we're called to do it together. We're called to step up into, to be lifted up into by those gifts of God that he placed in the church into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Not a handful of ministers walking in the fullness of the stature of Christ. But the whole body coming in the unity of the faith unto a perfect man. How many of you know that the Lord is doing that today? That the Lord is doing that in your lives. That the Lord is doing that in the global church. And there is nothing that the devil or any earthly power motivated by the devil can do to stop the manifestation of the sons of God. And so what we received this week is not an ending. What we received this week is a new beginning. What we receive this week is our next level in a walk that started 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we are only going up. So listen, if you want that, if that is what your heart cries out for, if that is what you want to accomplish with your life in the world, then get as connected as you can. Get your name on the list and say, I'm in. I am in. Hallelujah. We, we don't like to waste time around here. So we're not waiting for some other time or some other season where praise God the Lord is going to do it. We're not looking at the prophecies and going, wow, whatever future generation gets that one is going to be really blessed. I'm going to love watching that happen from heaven after I die. That can't be talking about me right now because the world is in too bad of a state. So God's going to have to wait until, you know, the world changes before he can do what he wants to do. No, no. God only has to wait until you change. 
God only has to wait until you make a decision to let him change you. And all those promises are things that we stand for right now. All those promises we will see in a fullness that we won't even believe if we stand for them right now. This is how the Lord does things. That's how the Lord does things. He gives you pressed down, shaken together, running over more than you can ask or think. How many of you know that if you let the Lord do that work in you, you won't believe what he accomplished. If you let the Lord do that work in you, then the harvest that we will see in the nations of the world will be unbelievable, unimaginable in this generation. We're not the ones who kick the can of the promised land down the road to the next generation. We're not the ones that go, ah, we're just going to die in the wilderness. We don't want to fight for or stand for the promises of God. It's just easier to lie down and die in the wilderness. You know what? Anybody can be a part of that generation if they want to be a part of that generation. Anybody can look at the epistles that the apostles wrote to their disciples and say, well, I'm not a disciple, so that's not for me. But that's not what we're standing for. And that's not what I know. That's not what you're standing for. And I know that's not what you are believing for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so it doesn't have to delay. The harvest is ready. The harvest is white. It's the laborers that we need. It's the laborers that we're looking for. Hallelujah. It's ready and waiting for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, praise God. Praise God. This is not the end of a thing in our lives. This is the next level in our lives. You've not hit a cap. You know, we might call it graduation. But how many of you know we don't run out of grades in God? Graduation just means you go to the next level. Graduation just means you take the next step. Hallelujah. 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 My goodness. My goodness. My goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you know, how many of you feel that? 
How many of you felt that next level when you received that impartation yesterday? Those of us that were here. How many of you have seen that supernatural operating all this week on a level that you haven't experienced it before? And there are many sons and daughters who have been disciples for a great many years in this house who have been receiving in. And when I say in this house, I don't mean in this geographical location because you are all over the world. You are in 220 nine nations now this house in 229 nations you have been receiving and it has been being deposited into you you have been being raised up but i'm telling you that what you are about to see if you make the decision that you want it is going to be like nothing you have ever seen before oh Oh! It doesn't matter if you are a brand new baby or if you are a, a, a venerable old man in the things of God. You are about to rise up to a level of walk that you did not know that you could walk in. Hallelujah! 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 Well, I... I, can, I know you're ready. I know, I know that all of you are ready. Hallelujah. I feel that pull. None of us are going to lie down and die in the wilderness. We are taking the promised land. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you know that that is a mission that cannot be accomplished on the level it was accomplished in the first century without disciples, without raising up and establishing the first fruits of the labor to be leaders in the labor, just as the apostles did, just as they established bishops and presbyters and deacons just as they raised up people in the body the church as a whole the unity of the church the body operating as one all of the parts all of the muscles all of the bones all of the ligaments moving together is what accomplished that task and so you are a part of that mission, a part of that body, a part of that outreach. And it is us together that will reap that first century harvest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, I... <laughs> I've been being raised up and discipled in this ministry literally my whole life. I was two years old when Dr. Harfouche was telling me to stand up straight and suck in my gut. <laughs> Ask him, he did. My whole life, I have been being discipled and raised up because Dr. Harfouche is not just my father in the natural. He is my father in the faith. Yeah. 
And my parents never, never pushed me to walk in this walk that I walk in now. They gave me every opportunity to do anything that I wanted to do. They knew the Lord had blessed me with ability. Where whatever I decided to do, I'd do well. But how many of you know that as a child and as an adolescent, growing up all my life, seeing how dedicated they were to the things of God and the things that the Lord did through them was a witness like no other witness I could ever have. I looked at them and thought, that is what I want to be. That is who I want to be. And the Lord called me into the ministry at a young age. Doctor and doctor never told me that I should be a preacher. They never asked me to preach the gospel. The Lord did. And I came to them and said, listen, God just talked to me. I was eight. I was eight. God just talked to me and told me that I'm going to be a a preacher. And they were like, well, that's awesome. Right? And I I ended up talking to them a little later. And I was like, listen, I don't know what I'm going to do. And they were like, what do you mean? And I'm like, if if I'm going to be a preacher, do I have to, like, go start my own ministry and, like, go out? I was a kid and I was thinking that. Because that's the message that's in the church today. That's the view that's around. That's the ambient idea about what a minister looks like. Someone that goes off on their own and starts something for themselves. And of course, my parents said, no, of course, of course not. Of course not. You can be a part of this ministry if you want to be a part of this ministry. And I tell you what, I wanted to be a part. I wanted to be a part of this ministry. And so I've walked with and I've been raised up by and I've been, I have been edified and I have been admonished. I have been blessed and I have been rebuked for all my life and corrected and deposited into so that I could walk in what I now walk in and carry what I now carry as a son, as a disciple. But I don't look at that as something I've arrived at. I stand here at this pulpit, on this altar, this week. And I know that this week is the next level in my walk. I know that this is not a capstone. I'm going to get it, even if you don't get it. Because I want this. But I know... I know that you want this too. So walk with us. We're taking this planet. We've already got disciples in every nation that exists. But it's just the beginning. Like all of those churches in the first century, it is just the beginning. And so the deposit in those nations, you, you are the deposit in those nations. You are the deposit in those nations. You are the deposit in those nations. You are the deposit in in this nation if you're from this nation. 
that deposit is going to grow and multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply. And we're going to see what we all want to see in this nation and in all the nations of the world, which is the manifestation of what our promises are from God, which is the manifestation of the church being raised up as a whole and the devil's works being destroyed left and right and him running in terror, but there's nowhere he can run because we're everywhere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today. Connect with us at globalrevival.com and we'll see you next week.